This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Great to see all of you this evening. We want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Glad you can be with us tonight. Praise God. Wasn't that a great weekend that we had with Brother Joe? Huh? I want to thank you for your generosity toward him. We were um, very generous in, in our offerings that we uh, made to him, and I'm sure that he'll be blessed as a result of that, and that's good. You know, if a guy's going to give up his life and travel all over the world, literally, you know, and tell people about the fact that Jesus is coming soon, then I think that's pretty good ground to be sowing. Amen. So again, thank you for that. And uh, we're delighted we, got, we as a church could be a part of it. So did you bring your Bibles with you this evening? Let's open our Bibles together to the book of Joshua chapter 14. If you can find that opening in your Bibles. Joshua chapter 14. Praise God. I want to remind you, of course, most of you are aware, but uh, um, this Sunday evening at 6, we're going to be gathering together in the name of Jesus to lift up our church, to lift up the work of God, the kingdom of God, and the nations of the world. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting to see all of this unfolding before us. You know, the Bible says that nation would rise against nation and different things of that nature, and we see that. Rumors of wars, real wars, all of these things. And... Um, it's coming to pass, you know. The word nath- nations there is actually the word ethos or ethnic groups, you know, of people. And we've seen all this consternation that's been going on, which is really nothing more than the God of this world, uh, the spirit of Antichrist stirring up the pot. So that's why Jesus told us and gave us a commandment that we were to love one another. Amen irregardless of what it is we find ourselves in. He said that the love of many would grow cold uh, because of things that are, you know, coming on the earth. But like I've said so often, that doesn't mean yours has to. I said that doesn't mean yours has to. So praise God, we can walk in the light of God's word and be blessed, be kept, be sustained, be sheltered, you know, uh, be delivered. I mean, praise God. You know, so it's a wonderful thing that we know him, and that we can walk in the light of the Word. So let's pray together. I'll get into what I want to share with you this evening, and I believe, I believe you'll be blessed. Praise God. You know, I mean, you know, if you go to a good steakhouse and you get a really, I mean, the steak is perfect, it's seasoned right, it's the way you want it cooked, you know, you go out of there and you say, now that there was all right. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But then you've been to that place where, you know, you go get a steak and it's like tougher and wang leather. You know, I mean, you, gotta, you really got to get after it, you know, and uh, that's not so good. We don't want that. So we'll, we'll give you something better. Praise God. Father, we love you so much. And as we um, take time to break the bread of life, I just, I thank you for utterance, uh, Father. I know that, you know, without you, I can do nothing, but I, I believe that you've placed things within me that can be a benefit to those that are hearing. And so, Father God, may we have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to believe the Word of God. And Father, I just know that as we look into the Word, that Father, it will bring illumination, enlightenment to our hearts. Help us understand, Father, the plan, the purpose you have for us, and how we are to function as your children within this earth realm. 
And I just thank you, Father, for your mercy and for your goodness toward each and every one of us tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Notice with me, if you would, here in the 14th chapter of Joshua. This is actually on the heels of the nation of Israel entering into the promised land. And they essentially had taken possession of and laid siege to all of the various uh, uh, areas within that that God had promised them, excepting um, the fact that Caleb had a conversation with Joshua, who at the time was obviously uh, the leader of the nation of Israel. And I want to pick this up uh, in beginning in uh, Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. It says, Then the children of Judah, and this would include the tribe of Judah, which uh, Caleb uh, was from. It says, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunai the Kenzanite said unto him, You know uh, the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and you in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to uh, spy out the land. And I brought him word again as was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying that surely the land wherein your feet have trodden shall be your inheritance and thy children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old." As yet I am as strong this day as I was the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For you heard in that day how the uh, uh, Anakins, 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 yeah, were there. And the cities were great and fenced, and if so, uh, if so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunai, Hebron, for an inheritance. And of course, he went out and he went in and cleaned house. How many of you know sometimes you've got to go in and clean house? Now, there's an interesting thing here in verse 8. He said, nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed after the Lord my God. The point I want to make to you in that is, is you really need to be careful about who you listen to. Because if you listen to the wrong people, you'll end up where you don't want to be. Are you with me? I mean, that whole entire generation died in the wilderness. They never seen one thing as with regard to the promise that God made to them. And that's so unfortunate that an entire generation would have lost out on the blessing of God because they, they believed an evil report. And you say, well, what's an evil report? An evil report is a report of doubt and unbelief. In other words, something that is contrary to what the Word says. That's why it's so important for us as believers to be people of the Word. 
And if you recall in Joe's messages, both on Sunday morning and Sunday night, you know, he was repeatedly saying the word, the word, the word, the word. How many of you remember that? And it is so, uh, so very true because people have abandoned the word. You know, just because you understand the Bible and know what it says doesn't mean you're a word person. That you're not, you know, washing yourself with the water of the word of God. You're not letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. These are important things, especially in these last days. Because otherwise, you'll be like the ones that are wandering around the wilderness, believe the, uh, you know, the bad report. He, the Bible says they, they made the heart of the people melt. Thank God for our church, you guys. That we have a church where people can be encouraged to believe God, to trust God, that God will give you the victory, that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Not everybody preaches that. They got some kind or form of doctrine or, or teaching, but it isn't necessarily always biblical. Can you say amen? You know? And so thank God we've got people of faith that can come alongside us and help us to trust the Lord and to believe him for whatever it is that he's promised. So if you've been here last, you know, for the midweeks that I've been, the, you know, privileged to be able to share with you, we've talked about having or how to have the spirit of faith. And, and uh, Caleb certainly was that person, was he not? I mean, praise God, this guy was strong as, you know, horseradish. Glory to God. And, uh, but he was a person with the spirit of faith. And as a matter of fact, the scriptures testify to the fact that Caleb had another spirit with or about him. He was different. Praise God. And uh, the Bible says, uh, this is in Numbers, it says that because all those men which have seen my glory, this is, this is uh, the Lord speaking, all the men of Israel that have seen my glory, my miracles, which I did in Egypt in the wilderness, have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened. Oh, I tell you what, they have not hearkened unto my voice. One translation, the Bible translation says, they have <clears throat> treated me with contempt. In other words, you know, God has done all of these things in their lives, showed himself strong in their behalf, delivered them with a mighty hand. The Bible says there wasn't one feeble among them. The Bible says that he brought them forth with silver and gold. I mean, he supernaturally delivered them just like he supernaturally gave new life to you and I so that we could be born of the Spirit of God. I mean, we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, have we not? And so it's all the more reason for us as believers to believe what it is that he has said. But, but he referred to it, and again, that one translation, that they've, they've, they've shown contempt toward me. Wow. Well, it then goes on to say, Surely they'll not see the land that I swore to their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, hallelujah, everybody say, Yahoo. Yeah, because he had another spirit with him and has, has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed is going to possess it. Now, here's a thought for you that I want you to give consideration to. He promised, God promised that Caleb would go into that land and possess it with his offspring and so on and so forth. But I don't think we think about the fact he had to wait 45 years for it to happen. Talk about patience. 
You say, well, I ain't got that much time. (laughs) I don't know what your circumstance is, but I'm telling you this much about it. This guy, from what I could read in that scripture we used as as our text, I mean, in his heart, he didn't move a peg. When the time came, he went to Joshua and he said, look, this is what God said through the man Moses. I'm that guy. I'm 85. I'm ready to go. Praise God. So give me the mountain. Hallelujah. Don't you love that? And I hope that you'd have that same spirit of faith that Caleb had where your lives are concerned. Glory to God. You know, because there's just something about that. I mean, I'd love to have hung out with that guy. Because I'd like for whatever it is he has to get off on me. Can you say amen? And so it's important. So, so <clears throat> one of the points that I made a few weeks back, and I want to reiterate it again this evening, is, is that, you know, the first thing to understand, you know, when it comes to uh, these things about, again, having the spirit of faith, you have to understand that real Bible faith is rooted in having a personal relationship with Jesus. Okay being born of the Spirit of God. And, and, and when I say that, so I'm talking about a personal, real, authentic kind of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, to walk with him, to be a follower of him. You can't do this cafeteria style. You can't just kind of pick and choose, and I'm just, you know, whenever I feel like it or whatever. There has to be a devotion about our lives, that, that we're, we're, we're a follower of his not just on Sunday mornings or whenever, you know, it seems to work into whatever. No, we're a follower. We're devoted to what it is that Christ is doing in the world today, and especially, you know, in our relationship. You can't have a relationship with God through somebody else. And a lot of people have tried to do that vicariously. You got to have your own deal, man. You got to know him. You got to walk in the light of what it is that he has promised and understand those things. So that relationship is built through both believing and trusting. Everybody say believing and trusting. You got to, you have to come to the place where you're going to, you know, as Kenneth Copeland coined this phrase, make the word of God your final authority. You know, in other words, if, if God says it, I believe it and that settles it. Okay. Now, you have to understand within that context that when you, when you posture yourself in that way, there are going to be a lot of things you don't understand, okay? And, and sometimes, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's always the mental reasoning argument, well, if God is, then how come, okay? And there are some of those things that you may not be able to explain, all right? And guess what? That's Okay. It's better to stay in that place of understanding. You know, it's just like uh, Job. I mean, he had all this stuff coming on him, and he, you know, he had these three friends. I don't know if you could really call them friends or not, but, you know, especially his wife. Why don't you just curse God and die? I mean, who needs a woman like that? Hallelujah. Okay, anyway. So, so <laughs> that kind of comes back to that point, be careful about who you surround yourself with. But you know, there was, he, couldn't, he couldn't get his head wrapped around what was going on until the end of the, the story. You know, you get there about 37, 38 chapters, somewhere in there, and then, and then God starts to unpack this thing. You know, but the reality is, is that Satan is the one who brought all of these things against him. I mean, you know, I mean, look in the beginning of the chapter, in, in the book, you can see that it was the God of this world that imposed these things against him. And when it was all said and done, this is the part I like, Job ended up with twice everything he had. 
Praise God. So God blessed him in a, in a miraculous kind of way. But I, but I do want to uh, reemphasize this fact that there will be times in your life when you don't understand, and that's when you need your faith. Huh? I mean, that's when you've got to say, you know, I don't, I don't get all this, and I can't understand, but I believe God. I trust God. And I believe, praise God, that he will do exactly what it is that he said. You know, when he approached Abraham, and we're going to talk, with him, uh, talk about him a little bit more here. When he approached Abraham, he was 75 years old. And he said, if you'll get out from amongst your countrymen and this and that and the other, I'll take you to a land that flows with milk and honey, and I'll make a great and, my, I'll, I'll make a great and mighty nation out of you. Actually, he said nations would come from you. The Bible says when he was 75 years old, he, he took God up on his you know, promise or a statement. And he took off. The Bible says not knowing where he was going, he sojourned in the land, all of these different kinds of things. <clears throat> they had a relationship. God had visited this man and he said, yes. God has visited us on occasions and we've said yes. And we're going to be faithful. I said, we're going to be faithful. We're going to keep walking with the master. There was an occasion in the 15th chapter of Genesis where he visited him and he said, listen, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. In other words, I am the one who cares for you, protects you, and I provide for you. Well, in his human reasoning, Abraham just said, well, all right, that's great, but what is it that you're going to give me seeing that I go childless and Eliezer, who's a servant in my house, is going to be my heir? And God says, let's go out. Come on out. Let's go outside the tent here. And they walked outside, and they looked up into the skies, and, and God said, if you can count the stars, that's what your seed's going to be like. Now, here's the thing. You know, they're, they're going down this path together in a relationship, right? And, you know, <laughs> some of the stuff they did didn't work out real good. You know, guess what? You don't need to help God. But we get impatient. Come on. You know, we're human beings, we don't understand, you know, maybe we can help God out. He does not need your help, all right? But he said, uh, if you can count the stars, and the Bible says, he said, so shall your seed be. And the Bible says that Abraham believed God, and because of that, it was accounted unto him for righteousness. So I say all of that to simply say that maybe you're in a difficult spot. Maybe you're feeling a sense of loneliness. It could be, you know, that there's deficiency or whatever, you know, that's going on within your life in some form, fashion, or another. But I tell you what, God does not love you any less. You know, that's, that's the thing that happens so often is, is, you know, well, God just, you know, the Bible says you love me, but, but I'm suffering or I am, you know, feeling this or that or the other. Well, don't underestimate what it is that God promised that he would bring to pass in your life. Are you listening to me? And chances are reasonable that he's not the one that is withholding, if you, if you want to call it that, you know. But the truth is, praise God, he wants to bless you because he loves you. And so again, Abraham, the Bible says, believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Um, I kind of like to say it this way, you know, that Abraham was kind of in a working relationship with God. We're all in a working, aren't, aren't we on a journey? Huh? I mean, isn't there a process that's taking place within our lives? So he was kind of in this working relationship with God before the promise was fulfilled. And in his case, 
He left at 75, but the fulfillment didn't come till he was 99 or 100 years old. So for 25 years, you know, here's a man who walked with God, made some mistakes, didn't do everything right. Thank God he righted himself, you know, and did some different things and, and so on and so forth. And God fulfilled his promise. So I guess the thing we have to understand is, is growing in faith is a process. Are you with me? And, and, and that process, it, it just takes time. That's all that happens. Let's look at another verse of Scripture. Turn to 2 uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 4. We looked at this verse here oh, a couple weeks ago, I think. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. The Apostle Paul is um, making reference to something that the psalmist said And in verse 13, he says, we having the same spirit of faith. Everybody say spirit of faith. You know, you can tell when somebody's got a spirit of faith. And you say, well, how can you tell? Well, praise God. You know, they're they're looking forward. They're positive. They are, you know, anticipating. They have hope. They have joy. You know, people with the spirit of faith, praise God, they're not defeated. They're not, you know... uh, just, you know, downtrodden, this and that and the other. And, and you say, well, you know, I wish I could be like that. Well, you sure can. Praise God. And again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let, you know, the devil undermine my faith just because if I'm going through a trial and I'm having to, you know, uh, you know come up underneath the, the burden of that, you know, and having to deal with that, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, minimize the faith that God has placed within my heart. Are you listening to me? You know, that's why the Bible says, pray one for another, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, if somebody's having trouble, I want to come alongside him and say, hey, Doug, man, let's believe God together. I'll jump in with you. I'll agree so that, praise God, God can turn this thing around, turn your captivity, bring the blessing, because we know that's what he wants to do when we're in the midst of a storm or a test or a a trial or or something of that nature. And so notice here again, he says, we having the same spirit of faith as uh, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now what's the next word? Huh? What's the next word? Knowing. No, not, not wondering. But there's something that we know. Paul is, he's pointing to something that we know. And that's the important thing about all of us, and we'll talk about this. You know, when you talk about your life, you talk about circumstances that you're dealing with, you know, um, troublous times that you've experienced, and, and maybe, you know, you look at it and, and your future isn't, you know, doesn't look very bright. I tell you what, praise God, in the Lord Jesus Christ, your future is bright. It is. I mean, I know you may not even be able to fathom that idea or concept right now, but I'm telling you that God can turn your, uh, he can turn what's going on in your life from, from ashes to beauty. He really can, you know, and you may not know how, you may not know when, but I'm telling you what, praise God, he can do it if we'll just trust him. So in these scriptures here in verse 14, he says, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus Christ shall raise up us also by or through Jesus and shall present us with you for all things are for your sakes or benefit 
that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound unto the glory of God. So for which cause we faint not. Everybody say faint not. See, the Bible says that men ought always to pray not to faint, lose heart, and give up. So praise God when we find ourselves in a place where we're wanting to, you know, throw up the, you know, the white flag, we can just say, oh, no, wait a minute, praise God. Let's go to the one who is able to lift me up, the one who is able to sustain me, keep me, encourage me, you know, give me what it is that I need in the middle of this deal. You say, but I don't like this very much, man. I mean, you know, I just want everything to be great. Well, you're going to have to die in order for that to happen, okay? You got to leave this world. The God of this world lives here, has dominion. You know, the reality is, is that we're living in a fallen world and there's a curse in the world, but thank God we've been redeemed from it. So we have to fight. You say, well, I'm not much of a fighter. Well, thank God you can become one. Amen? You know, everybody say, yeah, there you go. See, you're already started. Glory to God. So anyway, he says, for which cause in verse 16, we faint not. There are a lot of things in life that, that want to cause us to faint. The Apostle Paul is making reference to it in the fact that he has chosen this path as an apostle to preach the gospel where anybody and everybody will listen, anybody will listen to him. Huh? And with that came lots of pushback, lots of you know, tests, trials, imprisonments, and all of these things, and, but it was a cause worth it all. Amen? Are you with me? You know, somebody was talking here recently about, you know, different vocations and occupations that people have. And sometimes, you know, people, they get a little haughty and proud about whatever it is that they're doing, you know. And so it was stated, it says, well, now your family is, is, is uh, in the ministry and they're all a bunch of ministers, aren't they? And uh, so one of the family members, you know, responded, well, yes, we are, you know. And, and he says, well, all of our family members are in the medical field and, and are doctors and whatever. Well, you know, uh, you think about a lot of things afterwards, don't you? Have any of you ever done that? Things that you could say? And so I just told this family member, I said, well, what you should have said is, is that, you know, what it is that you do helps people in a temporal kind of way. But what it is that we do is it helps people in an eternal kind of way. So what would you choose? Huh. Yeah. So, eh. But, you know, people are that way. They, they think, you know, for whatever reason that, you know, there's some kind of a big deal. Dude, you're not a big deal. You just are. And you ought to be thankful that Jesus loves you. Amen. That's beside the point. So where were we here anyway? Oh, for which cause we faint not in verse 16. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction or momentary affliction is but for a moment. Hallelujah. And it's talking about your lifespan. Okay. I don't know. Somebody had talked about this word moment here. I think it comes from the word Adam. You know, some small little wink. Well, that's kind of what your life is, even though we don't think of it in those terms. You know, James says, well, what is your life? It's like a vapor of smoke that appears for a little while and then, you know, vanishes away. I I, I thought about that and was meditating. What's that mean? And if you had a stick match, you know, and you light that match, you know, and it's burning, you know, when you blow that match out, you blow that match out and 
however long, you know, the smoke rises, that's your life. Guess what? That ain't much. Now, don't get, don't get discouraged. We're talking about your natural human life on this earth. We're going to live for eternity. Are you with me? You know, so our light affliction, whatever it is that you, you and I experience in this life is but for a moment, but it works within us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal. They're, they're subject to change. But the things that you cannot see, they are eternal. And God has made some incredible promises. You know, the Bible says that he gave us the earnest of our inheritance by causing the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within you. So that's a down payment. I don't know what, you know, most down payments are, you know, maybe 10%. It doesn't really make any difference. It's a small, it's a small portion and if I tell you what, the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you, His indwelling presence in you, if that's only 10, guess what? There's some stuff, man, in inheritance terms that you and I have to look forward with that, I mean, I mean, we can't even begin to fathom. So I tell you what, your future's bright. Everybody say, my future's bright. It certainly is. Thank God for that. Amen. So... <clears throat> It says here, again, that these things uh, in the world are temporal, but the things that are in, uh, of God are eternal. So the spirit of faith, it says and believes what God says. You got to get, get a hold of that. You got to start talking like he talks about you. You know, when we talk about knowing who you are in Christ, those are powerful, powerful principles, you know, as to what it is. Like, for example... If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. A lot of people don't, you know, they get, they allow the world to crowd into their lives and start lying to them. Well, you're no different than you were. You do the same things you used to do, all this. Well, what you need to do is you need to stand up and say, no, man, praise God, I'm a new creation in Christ. All that's passed away and behold, all things are become new. And you begin to declare what it is that God has done, and all of a sudden those things start to lose their hold on your life, and you start functioning and acting in a biblical kind of way, in a way that honors Him. But we got to get a hold of that. So again, the spirit of faith says and believes what God says in His Word. Now, here's a couple things um, that uh, I think will help us. You know, in other words, again, pointing to this simple fact, you know, when it comes to your situation, my, our situations, whatever they might be, you know, what scriptures are we standing on? What scriptures do we really know that, that apply to what's going on within our life? Let's just say that you're feeling weak or that you need help. Well, here's a scripture. I, I've quoted it often, but, you know, I don't know that a lot of folk, you know, really, you know, take it to heart and get it on the inside of them. And that's Isaiah 41.10. You know, God said this. He said, fear not. Now, we're living in a world right now of fear. You know, COVID's been debunked, and yet there are still people that are running around wearing masks, you know, and you have to ask yourself the question, why are you doing that? I, I think that people are still afraid. Now, they might, you know, there may be some of this uh, virtue signaling 
you know, nonsense or whatever it is that's going on, you know, because they think they're so cool. Well, it's not cool, you know? And, and the reality is, is that people are afraid. And, you know, Jesus said that in the last days, men's hearts would fail them and for fear of the things that are coming on the earth. Right now, there are a host of humanity that are really concerned. They should have been in the meetings last Sunday morning and Sunday night. Huh? But they're not equipped with that knowledge. And in a lot of ways, many of them don't even believe it. And so they're just, they're kind of out there on their own. And it's unfortunate. But he said, fear not. Why? I'm with you. I am with you. But how many of us really know the reality of his being with us? You know? Well, if we'll take some time, we'll feed on the word of God. The reality of his being with us will become stronger and stronger within our lives. But we don't take that time. So he said, fear not because I'm with you. Be not dismayed or discouraged. Now, all of us have been discouraged. You ever been discouraged? Sure you have. If you're living on this planet, I guarantee you, you've experienced discouragement. But he said, don't be dismayed. He said this. He said, I am your God. Aren't you glad for that tonight? He went on to say, I will strengthen you and I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. So, so there's a scripture that can help us when we need strength or we need help. Huh? You know, the psalmist of old, he says, my help, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. You know? So when we're in those places where we, how many of you know we all need help? Well, that's the place we need to go, for, go to. Now, another one is provision. You know, resources. You know, I don't know if you noticed it. Last time I checked, things have gone up. Huh? I went to my, I went, I had to put fuel in my pickup, and the thing clicked off at 125 bucks, and I got 27 gallons. You know? Well, guess what? It's cost more money. Are you with me? But yet, thank God for uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. You say, well, I know that scripture, you know, preachers, they quote it all the time. Well, how about you start quoting it? Huh? How about you start quoting it? And my God, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean you can just sit around and wait for God to, you know, show up with a dump truck full of whatever it is you need. But I tell you what, he did say he'd take care of it, didn't he? Amen? Guidance. How many of you need guidance once in a while? God, how am I supposed to do this? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to treat this person? You know, where do I, you know, that kind of thing. Well, again, the scripture says in John 16, that when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So I praise God that my, that my heavenly father and the Holy Spirit within me, he is my guide. I don't, I don't talk about I don't know what to do. I talk about the fact, praise God, he's my guide. He'll lead me. And we all run into things in life where we don't have the answers. But he said that he would be our guide and that he would not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, that'll speak and it'll declare, you, uh, declare unto you the things that are to come. So he'll show you if you look to him. 
guidance. So we talked about help and strength, talked about provision, we talked about guidance. We can also talk about, praise God, his abiding presence. You know, Jesus made the statement, he said, whoever has my commandments and loves me or keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he who loves me, my father will love. And we're going to manifest ourselves to him or her. Hallelujah. That's a promise, isn't that right? Look at verse 23. It goes on then to say, Jesus said, if a man love me, he'll keep my words and my father will love him. And we're going to come and we're going to make our home in them. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm telling you what now, that is comforting. Why? I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because he's in me. Thank God he'll guide me. He'll lead me. I don't have to be concerned about all the things that are going on in the world. You know, God knew that all these things were going to happen long before I showed up. But if I'll just trust him, praise God, he'll lead me. He'll guide me. He'll say, no, don't do, no, don't do that. Yes, do that. And, and he'll show me the way that he wants me. You know, uh, <laughs> how many of you sometimes need wisdom just to do life? Huh? I mean, I've t- I talked a little bit about the whole relational thing. You know, James said this in James 1 and 5. He said, if any man or woman lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men, how? Liberally, abundantly. And it shall be given to him. How many of you know God tells the truth? So he says, if you need wisdom about how to, you know, navigate through a relationship or something else, you know, sometimes the answers that we get aren't the ones we want to hear. Thanks for your enthusiasm. You know, because sometimes, you know, we're trying to appease. Sometimes we're trying to avoid. Sometimes, um, well, maybe we just haven't done the best and we just jumped in the middle of it and we've just really made a mess. Okay, so maybe we have to talk to the Lord and say, you know what, God, I think I screwed this up. And he's, he's probably saying, uh-huh, you know, and then you can say, please forgive me and show me what it is that I need to do. So he says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and it shall be given him. Hallelujah. But notice the next verse, it says, but let him ask how? How? Well, what does that mean? I mean, I mean, you know, when you, how do you put flesh on that? I mean, to ask in faith. Well, doesn't that mean that when I ask the Lord, I have to trust that he is going to give me his wisdom? And I'll know. You say, well, how do you know, when you, you know whether you have his wisdom or not? Well, if you still have to ask the question, you ain't got it yet. Huh? Because when you've got his wisdom, you know what you need to do. Huh? Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord or of the Lord. Why? It goes on, because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That, to me, when I look at that that whole um, grouping of, of, of Scripture, to me, it just talks about how important it is for us to have an understanding of God's nature and character and to have a relationship with him. You know, he's disappointed. It's, it's like, you know, when, when Caleb was testifying before Joshua, he said, these guys that went up with me, they made the heart of the people melt. Why? Because they didn't have any faith. 
You know, he said, let's go up at once. We're well able to take it. He had a different report. He had a good report. Faith always has a good report. And so when I look at those scriptures, God is almost pleading with us saying, dude, if you need wisdom, ask me. But I want you to ask me with confidence and faith and not waver, you know, because it seems like you're not getting the answer that you need at the moment or whatever, you know, seems to be driving your doubts. Because he said, an un, uh, you know, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So I'm going to settle in, praise God, you know, and I'm going to have to just say, Lord, I trust you. I believe you. You said if I would ask for wisdom that you give it to me. I've got this situation going on. You know, how do I, how do I treat um, my in-laws, my outlaws, my whatevers, you know? Sometimes, you know, in-laws get in the middle of your stuff, and they shouldn't be there. I said, they shouldn't be there. Thanks, I said, they shouldn't be there. But they sure want to be. Why? Because they got an opinion. The older you get, the more opinionated you get. Huh? Why? Because you know so much more. Surely, you know, and maybe you do know some more, but sometimes it's not your place unless you're asked. Okay, well, anyway, uh, it's a little side journey there, and uh, I, I try at least, we try, I should say, Joe and I, we, we try to stay out of our kids' stuff, you know, and uh, they'll figure it out, we hope. <laughs> But faith is revealed or released by the words of our mouth and the things that we do. And that's a fact. Okay? You know, um, the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says that when she heard of Jesus, she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She said within herself, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. And she made her way to him. So she said, and she did something right? Let's go back to this thing about provision, you know, in people's lives. A lot of times, you know, people, they say, well, you know, the Bible says that God will provide for all my needs, you know, praise God, you know, and, and uh, all this. And yes, he will. But sometimes you have to do something, you know, and, and that's an important thing uh, to understand that, you know, a person of faith is a person that moves. There's movement, they're not sitting around. And I tell you, in the Word of Faith circles, you know, for a lot of us, I mean, way back when, we weren't doing, I mean, we're sitting around waiting for God to do something. He's saying, dude, I am waiting on you, you know? And, and I think sometimes there must be movement. You know, I've shared with you my story before, you know, when we were in Tulsa, the, the Lord spoke to me. If any man lacks in wisdom, let him ask of God. Dude, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, what am I supposed to do? And he says, you sell the siding. I said, I can't do that. Well, what does that, what that constitutes is nothing. I'm not moving. I'm not doing. I'm not, there's nothing going, not to mention the fact I said, I can't do that. So I'm saying I can't do it, and I am not doing it. And guess what? Nothing happened. Huh? Are you with me? But when my wife and I got back home from college or Bible school, I mean, man, dude, I went to work. I got two jobs. And guess what? It's amazing how our economic circumstance started to change. A lot of people today, you couldn't get them to work two jobs if their life depended. They don't even want to work one. And the government's helping them out saying, hey, you don't need to work. We'll just give you money. Dude, I'm telling you what, there is a reckoning that is coming for a lot of folk that they, they have no clue what it is that's going to come on them. 
because God does not bless laziness. Are you listening to me? Well, thank God I'm preaching to the wrong group, but it's true nonetheless. So, so in that, let's go back to the situation where he said, sell the siding. You know, I needed, to, um, I needed to listen and move, okay? I should have just said, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you said do it, so I'm going to do it. And I, ju- I would have had to just wade out into the middle of it, and I'm sure there was a learning curve there. But, but I didn't do either one of those things, so I suffered. We suffered, you know? And we went without uh, because of, well, not, I guess you'd have to say, It wasn't necessarily disobedience, but it sure enough was doubt and unbelief, you know. And so, um, you know, even like when we started the church, the Lord spoke to us. He said, I want you to do this. I said, I don't want to do that. You know, that's not a popular thing to do. Socially speaking, this is going to be a bad move, Lord. Don't you know? (laughs) Oh, my. You know. But he said, do it. So I said, yeah, okay. We're, this time, you know, hopefully we get a little smarter as we go along here. And so my wife and I, we, we, we grabbed hands and said, Father, we're going to do this. So away we went. We didn't, know, we didn't know what we were doing, really. I'll be honest with you. We went to Bible school, got a little theology, came back. We didn't know anything about church how to do church. There were certain things, you know, that we've seen being modeled in other churches. But I got to tell you that, I mean, we didn't know. Are you with me? So, so when we started the church, I continued to work my job secularly. Because why? I got to make a living. She had a baby. You know, we're, you know, we're doing this thing. You know, I can't just say, well, you know, the Lord spoke to me and I'm supposed to start a church. And so I'm just going to believe God that he'll bring me bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. That wouldn't have worked out really well. Are you listening to me? No, we had to be led by the Spirit of God, and we were, and thank God He helped us along that path. But we we went after it. So there has got to be movement in order for God to bring blessing. So let me ask you a question. You might be sitting there and saying, why am I struggling so much in any given area of my life, and I know I need to close? But here's the thing you have to think about. How is, what's your thought patterns like? Why am I struggling so much, you know, in this, that, or the other? But what are your thought patterns like? So many people are conditioned to think defeat. We live in, the, like I said, we live in a fallen world. Everybody, I mean, you go out there, man, they're negative as can be. They ain't got no joy. But we're conditioned to think defeat, we're always down, and, and I tell you, this thing is being pushed in culture big time about the fact that everybody's a victim. It's not my fault. This guy with this color of skin or whatever, he's the one that's the problem, not me. You know, And it's to be regretted. And I don't, I don't mean for one minute to think that there aren't atrocities that occur you know, uh, with ethnicity and things of that nature. That's not what I'm trying to say. But the devil has used this to drive a wedge in between people and cause so many problems, you know, um, that you, you, you need to understand what it is that's going on and say, no, I ain't buying that. Are you with me? And a lot of folk, you know, they won't, they won't listen or they won't whatever. But, you know, you're not a victim. You're a victor. Jesus Christ, the greater one, is on the inside of you. And praise God, he's made a way for you to be able to live. So, so. You, you, you have to ask yourself, why am I struggling so much? Well, are you looking through this um, negative lens in your life? 
How do you look at things? Is it always negative? I wish sometimes we could run around with a tape recorder and listen to ourselves talk because I think that that would help us help to locate where we are. You listen to me? If you ain't got no joy, praise God, then you got to get you got to get things turned around. The joy of the Lord is your what? If the devil steals your joy, he'll take everything else from you too. Amen. And so God wants you, and I wouldn't call it happy, but he wants you to be full of joy. Amen? Are you with me? Same thing's true with care, worry, and anxiety. You know, why am I struggling, you know, and having so many problems along this line? Well, the scripture says, the Bible, be careful for nothing. Never be anxious about anything. But I want to suggest to you in that is, is that it's all well and good for us to read Philippians 4, 6. It's another thing for you and I to live it out. And, and so I, I got to get to the, the bottom of my point here. So let me, let me cut down through some of this and, um, and just simply say this because we, we're running out of time. You know, back to the question, why am I struggling? You with me? And whatever it is that you might be dealing with or talking about, you have to, and, and the reason you're struggling is because you've never come to a place of being fully persuaded from the Word of God about that situation, okay? Because when you get fully persuaded with regard to what God has promised about whatever it is, identifying uh, the issue, uh, things are going to change. Let's go back to Abraham real quickly. Here's an example of a guy who gets approached by God, and he says, hey, I've got a plan for your life. Didn't, isn't that what he did with you? He said, I sent my son so that you could have life and life more abundant. What do you think? You said, I'm in. You know, so away we go and we take off. Well, Abraham, you know, ran into some challenges just like you do, like I do, like we do. And, and uh, you know, so he's got to work through those things. And he's got to come out on the other side understanding God's plan, not his plan, a lot of those different kinds of things. But I want you to notice, turn with me just for, just for a moment here. Let's look at this scripture. You know it, Romans chapter 4. And let's look at this scripture because this, this bears uh, into what it is that we're, we're talking about here. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Notice again with me real quickly. Um, um, let's start with verse 18 because, well, no, 17. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. So in other words, it's, it's referring to the promise God made to Abraham. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead. Now listen to this. And calls those things which be not as though they were. I want you to notice that that verse does not say that you call things that are as though they're not. And, and the reason why that's important is, is because in a lot of faith circles, people get into denial about what's going on in their life. No, he called those things that be not as though they were. Uh-huh. You with me? Do, do you understand that concept? Because a lot of times people are having some real challenges in their life, and they're walking around going, nope, 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 that's not me, that's not my problem, that's not whatever, you know. And it's foolishness. It's, not, it's very presumptuous. And I don't have time to get into all of that. But notice what it says in 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Huh? 
So shall your seed be, not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God, the promise of God, the promise of God, the promise of God, he staggered not at the promise of God, he staggered not at the promise of God. You got to get the promise of God. If he said he'll supply all your needs, then by golly, he will, he will do it. If he said he would prosper you, he will do it. You, you, you with me? But you got to know these things. And then it goes on to say that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. Everybody say fully persuaded. Yeah, fully persuaded that what he or God had promised, he was able also to perform. So we got to get ourselves to that place. And you just have to say, Lord, I trust you. Praise God, I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what people say. I don't care what my circumstances look like. We just, we sang about that tonight, the first song. Uh, you know, I remember something about not moved by what I see, what I feel, you know, that type of thing. And so, uh, but, so if you're not moved by what you see or feel, then what are you moved by? You've got to be moved by the Word of God. Amen? And you can do that. So, so my, my, my exhortation to you this evening is to simply, you know, um, think about what it is that, you know, what area of your life that you want to grow in or that you want to see changed or that you're having problems with or whatever the case might be, and then start, <laughs> it's not really a dumpster, but dive into the Word of God and find promises in the Scriptures. Find Scriptures that cover your case, the thing that you can, and I mean wear them out, write them down, put them up, you know, look at them, say, Father, I just want to thank you that you're taking care of my needs or, you know, whatever the circumstances are that you're giving me wisdom so that I can prosper. I believe, Father, that this is going to be the best year I've ever had in my life. Hallelujah. Isn't that a good thing? You know, that the next 10 months are going to be the very best months of my life. It's going to be awesome. God, I just thank you, praise God, that you order my steps and that you lead me in the way that you would have me to go and that you'll give me wisdom so that I know exactly what it is that I need to be doing, when I need to be doing it, and where I need to do it. You know, and then as he begins to speak to us, then we have to take steps of faith, like go sell the siding. You do it. You know, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone. Oh, no, 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 Lord, no, 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 not me. Uh, don't you have another plan? Nope. This is the one. You know, Moses, all of us do that. The tendency is always to draw back. Moses said, hey, got the wrong guy, man. I mean, send somebody else. And I, who am I going to tell him that sent me? He says, I'll be with you. He said, Say, tell him I am that I am has <laughs> sent you. Amen. And lots of great things can happen in our lives. This is not a time to be discouraged. It's not a time to be in despair. Why? Because we have his word. We have his promises. And he's going to make good on those promises. Amen? You say, yeah, but I've been at this for a while, and I don't seem to, you know, be whatever. You didn't wait 45 years, dude. You say, well, I, can't. I don't want to wait 45 years. Well, then praise God, get into a place of faith and keep trusting him and, bless, and, and believing in him. Amen? You didn't have to wait 25 years. Maybe you have. I don't, I don't know. But I'm just saying, you know, this is, a, this is a lifelong journey that we're on, you know, and, and, and we're doing business for the kingdom of God so that we can be a glory unto him. Isn't that right? My wife and I, we couldn't imagine what it is that God would do 43 years ago. But, you know, we started in a house. 
you know, and then we moved to somebody's basement. And then we were out here, you know, and we didn't even have two nickels to rub together. But we kept on going. And God continued to prosper and, and cause advancement and growth and development. And, you know, and we get about so many people and then a whole bunch of them would leave. That was so encouraging. Hallelujah. You know, you say, well, why'd they leave? They want to start another church. So I think 25 or 30 of them went to um, um, Harlan. You know, for us, that didn't seem like a good idea. But you know what? Jeff and Rebecca are up there pastoring a church of I don't know how many. They bought the Shopco store right there on the four corners when you're going up 39. And I'm telling you what, dude, I mean, it is awesome what God is doing with that, with that church family that all started here. You know, same thing happened. I think we had two churches that got born out of our, our fellowship in, in Omaha, you know, and, and when you're just pastoring and you're 25 years old, the last thing you want to see is people go out the door. You're working your butt off trying to get everything to, you know, kind of go this way. And God say, well, you know, let's just thin things out. You know, in my scripture, it talks about pruning. We're going to do a little pruning. Hallelujah. You know, you're going to bear more fruit. So giddy up. So that's what we did. You know, we could have said, God, this ain't fair. You know, about time we get about right, you know, finally, when the water level's finally getting down, you know, all of a sudden, poof, we're back up here again. You with me? But I'm telling you, he's faithful. Huh? He's faithful. Lots and lots of years later, we've made an incredible uh, difference in the world. We've sent missionaries out from this church, and they're in various places, and, and we're supporting missionaries all over the world. And um, it's going to be a great time when we all get to heaven because we're all going to share in it. It's going to be cool. So anyway, i got to stop. Let's pray. Why don't you stand up? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, help us as your children, Father, to trust you. I pray for the needs that are represented here tonight, God. And I thank you, Lord, that what I've shared with them can serve as a platform to, for them to grow from and build upon. And Lord, let them not be discouraged. I mean, I don't know their circumstance, Father, and I know that hardships and difficulties maybe have been their, uh, have been their meat. But I just know, Father, that you're faithful. And I know, Father, that by your Spirit, you will lead them, you'll guide them, you'll show them the way that they need to go. Father, let this message be an encouragement to them so that they can simply say, Father, I believe you and I trust you. Let's pray this prayer together. If you would just follow me in this as I lead you, say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your promises. Tonight I stand before you as one who believes. I thank you, Lord, for guiding me in all the affairs of my life. Thank you, Lord, for showing me your plan, leading me in the way you'd have me to go. And I thank you, Father, for your blessing in every aspect of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated.